So, Mover Nation, the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. What a day it is indeed. It has just been revealed that Judge Clifton Newman had asked to be recused, had asked to be removed from this being the sitting trial judge on the Murdoch case, the trial of the century in Colleton County in South Carolina in the Low Country due to personal reasons, the death of a family member. But our good friend and consistent source of just wonderful tabloid conjecture, author extraordinaire Becky Hill, of course, wrote an unpublished chapter, and our good friends at Fitz News have released it to the public. We're going to get into it. I'm Collier Landry. Let's get into it. Testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal trial. In- when I was 12 years old, my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother. I decided at an early age that our trauma should not be what defines us. It's what we choose to do with it that does. I'm here to share my unique perspective on true crime, mental health, society, and popular culture, albeit with a slight sense of humor. I'm Collier Landry, and welcome to my show. Mover Nation, uh, you know, I said the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. It's actually quite cloudy, and uh, those birds are actually crows. But nonetheless, we're going to roll with it. You know what I mean? The rain has, uh, it was been raining the last several days in Los Angeles, which for those of you that don't know, that have snow and extreme weather and blizzards and ice and sleet and all those fun things, and have been dealing with the Arctic freeze, blast, whatever they call it, this is our version of a blizzard. When it rains in Southern California, it is like no other, and it creates like total havoc. So uh, thank you for being here. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening or watching, Thanks for making me a part of your day. So uh, we're going to get into our un, our our just you know sort of dip into our well of our gift that keeps on giving. Becky Hill and her book. There is an unpublished chapter that deals specifically with Judge Clifton Newman, and uh, we're going to get into it. I'm going to read what uh, and our good friends at Fitz News. I broke this story and it's uh it's pretty cool. It's been uh you know it's been an interesting last several days for me. Uh I've been going through some personal stuff that I really won't get into, but uh it's been interesting, but I'm in a good place and thank you all. I do want to mention something. So I'm having a conversation with my parents yesterday because and I've and I've spoken to a lot of you guys about this because people have been noticing, have been making comments on uh the videos saying uh, we all missed you, Danielle Tamara. We all missed you. Don't worry. But uh, we're waiting for uh, waiting for Tina Luffman, who's usually here, because we can never officially start the party until she's here. Um, so uh, my my parents suggest I said I don't know why everybody keeps saying, "Are you like lucid, Collier? What's going on?" And I've um, I, I've talked a little bit about uh, things. My 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 vice of choice was always booze, and uh, being both Italian and Irish, that is you know a problem. And, uh, but I quit drinking many, many years ago. And, uh, but I thought, well, why are people saying this? And then my parents mentioned to me, they said, Collier, you know how you always do your eye drops before, <laughs> before you're on camera? I'm like, I think people think that, I think the people think that your, uh, your, your sort of glistening eyes are your tell. And I'm like, I never thought about that, but I do the eye drops and I just got, I just got back from my, first official post LASIK uh, appointment and my eyesight is good. I'm so excited. There's been no more glasses and uh, it has been wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So welcome all. So uh, Fitz News is reporting. They do exceptional reporting. Again, more of the Murdoch saga and um, things of that nature. (laughs) Um, An unpublished draft of a chapter from Becky Hill's literary masterpiece, Behind the Doors of Justice, The Murdoch Murders. I really feel like I should get some credit, by the way. I talk about this book ad nauseum so much, and I know it's not for sale anymore, but I really do think that I should get some sort of credit here. And I'm sure somebody who must know her must watch this. And I feel really bad, guys. I'm sorry, but this is, I said before, reads like a Carl Hyacin novel to me, this whole Murdoch story. And uh, just so much of it is just, the corruption just runs so deep. I just think it's, I I, I find it very comical. Uh, But there's been a lot of Murdoch action since the hearing last week. 
the attorney for um, the attorney who was rep representing uh, a couple of the Murdoch jurors was hospitalized following a heart attack, which is really scary. And, um, you know, I was on the, I was, uh, I spent two hours doing cardio today at the gym because this is what guys do when they go through stuff. We're like, oh, and I had my buddy meet me at the gym and it's like, okay, let's do another hour. I felt this little, like, just, I don't know, something weird. And I thought about, I thought about heart attacks. I'm not going anywhere. I'm very healthy, uh, very fit. I eat good. I, I don't, I don't have any vices. I don't smoke and I exercise every day, but, uh, I did think, oh, and then I read this and I'm like, oh, geez. Because I have had friends recently. Uh, I am in my forties, and uh, I have had friends um, uh, pass, like have heart attacks, and it's terrifying me. Um, try not to think about it. But this attorney, Joe McCullough, had a heart attack. Apparently, he is okay. He suffered a heart attack on Monday, January twenty second, so just a couple of days ago. And um, that. Oh, by the way, uh, new channel members, welcome Kelly O, who is a new YouTube channel member, and for you guys, ah. Tina Luffman, we've been waiting for you. The party is here. Now we can all go forward. Welcome, Tina Luffman. The party, the party has started now, officially. Um, welcome, welcome. So, um, we, uh, yeah. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Welcome, Kelly O, new channel member. And this weekend, guys, uh, we are having our our members only meet and greet. So, if you are a YouTube channel member or you are a Patreon patron, Patreon member, you can, uh, well, thank you so much, Danielle Tamara. You're in your early forties. You're not that old. I remember my first job. I worked at Wendy's though. And the guy who I worked with was like 42 and he had a heart attack He had a heart attack. And I was, and, and so I think about that, but of course I guess if you're working at Wendy's and you're eating the Wendy's food, probably not good health choices. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, Tara, I'm so sorry, Tina and Luffman. That's a bummer. Um, but anyways, if you are a channel member, if you are a Patreon subscriber, we have our members only and Patreon patron patron only live meet and greet where we get to interact just like this, but you're all on screen. We all get to talk. It's wonderful. It's a fun time. That will be this Sunday, which is, wait, hold on. So January 28th. So today's the 24th, 25th, 26th, 20th, January 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. noon Pacific. Uh, we will have our members only Meet and greet. I will put a link in the members only chat sections and also on the Patreon for those of you that are Patreon members and YouTube channel members. You can access that, but only if you are a member because nobody else gets access to that. And uh, we come in and it's, it's a lot of fun because you guys get to engage with one another and all that stuff. There's a little more housekeeping. This episode is sponsored by Babbel. Here's a moment. Hey, movers. Did you know that one in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list? If you're one of them, Make 2024 the year you finally check it off with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Designed by over 150 language experts, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are your passport to speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Real people, real conversations, that's the Babbel way. Babbel's tips and tools are not just lessons. They're companions in real-life situations. The approachable, accessible content is delivered through conversation-based teaching ensuring you're ready to shine in the real world. Before Babbel, I couldn't imagine effortlessly ordering food, asking for directions, or chatting with local merchants, and all without consistently checking a language app while I'm on vacation. But Babbel makes it easy, providing the practical skills you need for real-life scenarios. Struggling with pronunciation? Babbel's got your back with speech recognition technology, helping you perfect your accent and sound like a native speaker in no time. Hola. Hola. Here's a special limited time deal for all my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Collier. Get 55% off babbel.com slash Collier, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Collier. Rules and restrictions may apply. Rules and restrictions may apply. And of course, I did my eye drops while we were while that little message was playing guys, please click the link below. Please check out Babel today's episode sponsor. Please check them out. It helps keep the lights on. It helps keep me doing what I'm doing. And there's gonna be a lot more of this because I've had a lot of things change in my life recently and I'm more available to you guys than ever. It's going to be amazing. 
and we're going to do a lot of great things on this channel. The team is building. The year is just beginning. And uh, I guess today is a full moon or tomorrow is a full moon. Wait, today? Hold on. Today. Today, tomorrow, there's a full moon coming up and it's the moon in Leo. And uh, I guess there's all these things. Court, who holds session here. Court is now in session. She's an expert in that. So I'll let her, I'll let her put that in the chat. Um, okay. So I want to get into all this Murdoch stuff, but I also want to share a story. So um, every day, uh, I, I, every time I go to Whole Foods, and I don't know, for those of you, I think this is just a California thing, but if you go to like Trader Joe's or, or Whole Foods, there are always solicitors standing outside with their with some group or another always asking for money. And it's not like Salvation Army because we have that in the Christmas time or the Shriners or whatever. It's always like, have you uh, donated to Am what I, I can't remember some organization they want to talk to you about it and it's really super annoying and so i always i get i do because i'm usually in a hurry i'm usually I'm usually doing it right before i do these lives so i've got to get shopping done i got to get some food i'm really hungry i'm coming from the gym i just ah, i want to get something to eat so i always put my headphones in and i go and i'm like listening to music whether or not i'm listening to music but this is the universal sign when your airpods are in means leave me alone now this doesn't always work of course because you know that would be that would be way too easy. And uh, was my audio not up? This is ridiculous. So I go to Whole Foods and there's the solicitors out in front. I put my AirPods in and I'm thinking to myself, okay, great. Here we go. I'm going to go. I'm going to do, uh, uh, I'm just going to ignore these people and go in. And I go in and successful. I, they ignore me. I don't have to deal with them. I'm coming out and I do the AirPods. I put the AirPods back in and there's somebody blocking my way. And I'm just like, okay, just patience call your patience be kind i always try to be kind it costs nothing to be nice remember nothing to be nice i say to myself okay as i'm walking past this young young lady stops me and she goes hey i know you i follow you on instagram and i said oh. i said well i pulled my airpods out she's a nice looking young lady i say um i said what's my name and she goes you're collier landry and your story is amazing and you spoke to my school and my name is Natalie, and you spoke at the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And I said, Natalie, I mention you a lot on my podcast when I am talking about young people, and I am talking about the choices that young people make, because she was one of those people. She bravely stood up in the class, and she asked me a question. Nobody was else, but she wanted specifically to ask me a question. She had talked to the teacher beforehand. It was a really amazing moment, and I remember thinking to myself, this is like hope for the future, right? She had been through a lot of trauma. She found a lot of inspiration in my story. Um, and I said, do you want a picture? We got a picture together. It was really lovely. And she said something to me that was really amazing. Uh, she said to me, she tapped, she tapped me on the, on, the, on the forearm and she said, Collier, you're a star. I want you to know that. The way you share your story, the things that you do for people, you're a star. I'm not saying this to like self-aggrandize myself or to sound you know, magnanimous or anything. But I really needed that. And it made me feel really good. And it just goes to show you, I have this really sour attitude with all these solicitors. They're out in front of Whole Foods and I'm getting ready to like, just be like, just get out of my way and just kind of maybe potentially be not as nice as I normally am. And it turned out to be a thing. So it's just one of those little lessons that life always throws in your path. They always throw these little things. And if you are open to them and you are receptive they are sprinkled throughout your life. And look, for those of you that have, that have come to this channel recently and the channel is growing and it's amazing and you're learning about my story, these are the things that I have picked up throughout my life when people always ask me, like, Collier, how have you dealt with your trauma? How have you dealt with the obstacles that you've had to deal with in your life? Your family abandoning you, your father murdering your mother, all these things. How did you make it? It's that. It's paying attention to the little things, the little signs, seeing people and being open and receptive and not living in fear, not living in distrust, just being an open and, and just being like, okay, get out of your own way, get out of your own way and allow things to just occur. And I just, you know, I, I can remember the first music video I ever shot was with Billy Ray Cyrus and Dionne Warwick. And Billy Ray said to me, he said, Collier, everything is always on God's time, not on yours. And he, you know, he's religious and, and I get it. And I, and I appreciate that. I'm not particularly religious, but I am spiritual. And I, just, I always, I always think about that. The way that things happen is really, really cool. And I, you know, Natalie, shout out to you for reminding me of that because it's been a, a challenging last few days or last few weeks, really. 
And to remind me of that and to remind me of like that I am walking the path that I should be walking and that is affecting people around me in a positive way. I needed that. So shout out to Natalie from Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. Uh, I think she probably graduated by now, but anyways, took a picture. I'll put it on my Instagram and um, it makes me, it just, you never know, man. You never know. Lead your life with integrity and, and intent of purpose, I suppose. And there you go. And that's just, I don't know, whatever. I digress. <laughs> Back to some real juicy gossip and some real, real craziness. Okay. So yeah, this Joe McCullough, glad he's okay. Had a heart attack. He was he was representing two jurors because as we know, this whole thing, and I believe he, he represents the famous egg juror. So this is from Fitz News, who literally, guys, if you don't know Fitz News, they have a great channel here on YouTube, but they have a great, you can go to their website, you can subscribe to their, uh, to their news source, patronize them. They do a fantastic job. I don't live in South Carolina, but they do a fantastic job. They cover everything. So, and they're covering a lot. Apparently a lot more goes, I've learned so much about South Carolina and South Carolinians and not just because I get these annoying text messages from Nikki Haley's campaign every day, every day. Today I got one and said, Hey Collier, it's Nikki. I'm like, you know, of course I picked this up and I'm like, you know, cause you get the one line text and you're like, Hey Collier, it's Nikki. And I'm like, Nikki, who's like, who's Nick? Oh, Nikki Haley. I know I didn't win in New Hampshire, but you know. We're going to press forward. We've got a strong, whatever, nonsense, rubbish. But I've learned a lot about South Carolina in the last several months, way more than I ever thought I would know, especially not having ever lived in that state. But um, so Fitz News does a wonderful job. So I'm just going to kind of go in. They talk about McCullough, attorney for Murdoch jurors, hospitalized following heart attack. Quote, it could have been much worse. Prominent South Carolina attorney who represents two of the jurors in the still unfolding Alec Murdoch jury tampering saga was hospitalized this week after suffering a serious heart issue. Joe McCullough of Columbia, South Carolina reportedly endured a heart attack on Monday. Multiple sources familiar with McCullough situation indicated he was in stable condition as of Tuesday morning, January 23rd, undergoing an emergency procedure, having that, uh, adding that future procedures were likely necessary in the coming months. It could have been much worse. A source close to McCullough told this media outlet. So, um, rest in, so, uh, you know, not rest in peace. Uh, glad he's okay. Yeah. I have friends that have like heart issues that are well into their sixties and seventies who have like had stints and my friend had a quadruple bar. <laughs> he was on set and he like collapsed and he had a quadruple bypass. Just, yeah, just crazy. Just, uh, you know, you never know. You never know when your ticket's up. So be nice to everyone. Be kind to everyone. Cause you might just see them outside of a whole foods and they might catch you off guard. McCullough's clients are not parties to next week's hearing, but one of them, next week's hearing, but none of them, but one of them will be a witness at the proceedings. In fact, one of the McCullough's clients, juror number 630, could wind up being a potentially decisive witness at the hearing. McCullough also represents the famed egg juror who was removed from the deliberating panel in Murdoch's case on the final day of trial, following an alleged conspiracy led by embattled Colleton County Clerk of Court, yep, Becky Hill. According to Murdoch's attorneys, Hill invented a quote, invented a story about a Facebook post to remove a juror she believed might not might not vote guilty. That story wound up being exposed as a total fabrication, Murdoch's lawyers insisted. A fixture at Murdoch's trial in Walterboro, South Carolina, dubbed the trial of the century in the Palmetto State, McCulloch has been among the most recognizable attorneys in South Carolina. It's uh, in South Carolina, it's aftermath making multiple television appearances on court TV and other networks. A longtime close friend of, uh, uh, of top Murdoch lawyer, Dick Harpulian, McCullough has long been seen as an advocate for the convicted killer receiving a new trial. Meanwhile, attorneys representing other jurors on the panel have publicly advocated against Murdoch receiving a new trial. So far, there is no indication his potential in capacitation ahead of next week's, I thought it said decapitation, Incap incapacitation ahead of next week's hearing has given former South Carolina Chief Justice Gene Toll cause, cause to pause those deliberations. Assuming that changes, we will let our audience know. And I will let you guys know, because you know what? I'm planning on getting up very early on Monday and uh, live streaming the, the proceedings because it's going to be fascinating. I figure, you know, this is what we're here for, right? We're going to live stream it. You're going to get my commentary. And look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a psychologist. I don't work in law enforcement. I'm just a guy who's been through a lot of shit. T-shirt is coming. I promise I'll do it this week. I got more free time. I'm going to do it this week. I promise. Um, 
Back to what's at hand, however. Uh, Fitz News is also reporting. It's so funny. I have my browser window open, and I also have a program called Adobe, Adobe Firefly, which exists online. And of course, I will share with you. Of course, this is what I was doing with Adobe Firefly. For anyone that wants to know when I have just a little bit of free time and the things that I make, that I make I'm going to share. This is what I was doing with my time. Making flying Marisol stickers for you guys to share. I know, I'm a nerd. It is what it is. Flying Marisol. Flying Marisol. She has her own stickers, as you guys have seen. And I was going to make more. Puppy Marisol. It's fabulous. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> getting back to Fitz News. The Murdoch saga. Okay, so uh, less than three weeks before the start of South Carolina's, quote, trial of the century, uh, the double homicide trial of prominent Palmetto State attorney, Alec Murdoch, Circuit Court Judge Clifton Newman, and his family sustained an unspeakable loss. The untimely death of Newman's son, 40-year-old Brian Newman, shook the family to its core and prompted speculation as to whether the judge would be able to preside over the trial, which is true. And, uh, you know, and very, very sad. And I know that he did, like, he he really did saddle up for the people of South, the South Carolinians, as I'm told, uh, that they like to be referred to as, for the South Carolinians. And um, he, uh, you know, he saddled up. Uh Despite the devastating loss, Newman perse uh, persevered. Not only that, he defined judicial integrity with his handling of the high-profile case, garnering well-deserved accolades for the even-keeled, high-minded manner in which he conducted the proceedings. The Murdoch trial, which ran from January 23rd to March 3rd, 2023, ended with a 55-year-old fortunate son from ha Hampton, South Carolina, being found guilty of the murders of his wife, 52-year-old Maggie Murdoch, and younger son, 22-year-old Paul Murdoch, on the family's hunting property on the evening of June 7th, 2021. The trial was a media sensation given the gruesomeness of the crime, as well as the defendant's status as a member of the once powerful, quote, House of Murdoch, a legal dynasty which ran the Palmetto Low Country like a fiefdom. I like that, like a fiefdom nearly for nearly a century. Three Murdoch's held, held the post of South Carolina 14th Circuit solicitor which is prosecutor between 1920 and 2006 and murdoch himself was a badge carrying assistant solicitor at the time of the murders the maze of associated criminality and the web of lies spun to sustain it also enraptured audiences which is what has enraptured me by the way all of this like i said it reads like a carl hyacin novel but it's just it's so wild I cannot wait for this to be a television series and I, and not one starring Bill Pullman playing Alec Murdoch. I know Lifetime did a movie. No, no, no. This is going to be like a real, this got to be like a real series and probably written by Ryan Murphy. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure he's already bought the rights to it. Since the trial, the drama has only escalated on November 16th, 2023 it was announced that Newman had voluntarily recused himself from hearing further motions tied to the case. The judge stood down given his status as a potential fact witness to jury tempering, tampering allegations leveled by Murdoch's attorneys against embattled Colleton County clerk of court and author extraordinaire Becky Hill, whose official, whose office administered the trial. Newman's recusal paved the way for the appointment of former South Carolina Chief Justice Gene Toll to oversee an evidentiary hearing into the jury tampering claims. Did, Nur did Newman want off the case earlier, though, before the trial itself even? According to an early unpublished draft chapter of Hill's book, Behind the Doors of Justice, Newman asked to be taken off the case following his son's untimely passing, a request that Hill claims was denied by South Carolina Chief Justice Donald Beatty. So Donald Beatty, Donald Beatty like Warren Beatty, probably no relation denied his request to be removed from the trial. The draft chapter of Hill's book is one of many email attachments obtained by Fitz News through the South Carolina Freedom of Information Act, or FOIA. It was obtained subsequent to the recent release of thousands of emails obtained of the FOIA request from Callaghan County. The chapters were attached to an email sent by Hill's co-author, Neil Gordon, on April the 8th, 2023. And here is the relevant excerpt, but first, uh, how to be on a live because I 
thought that is what is the live chat. I am clueless. Uh, I'm just going to go through your comments. Carl Hyacin is my very favorite author. That's author. That's so great. That is so great. Uh, please make sure y'all hit the like button. I know it gets annoying to hear, but it really does help the show get recommended. It does. Thank you so much. Please like, even subscribe if you dare, or just share with your friends. I really appreciate it. It really helps. The more views I get of this show, the more content I get to make, because that's how it works. And I know the ads are annoying, guys, but you know it's all part of the game. It's how I can keep the lights on. Uh, let's see. The stickers are adorable. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Danielle Tamaro. Yes, she is adorable. Yes, Lily Polly. Yes, my little, my little Chihuahua, Marisol, who was eating grass this morning because she had an upset tummy. I've changed her food because uh, I, I was out of the food that I was giving her, and I no longer have that food. So I, Daddy has to be the chef nowadays. So Daddy is the chef, and um, hey, I put pumpkin in it, but I think it was because I gave her beef jerky and uh, the puppy jerky. Uh, so sorry, uh, so sorry, but welcome on the outskirts. Thank you so much, Karen Fan and Cynthia Ann. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate all of this. Yes, we and and thank you so much, Gen X Granny, for your email. We will get all the stuff ready for. Um, I'll do all the stuff in Nightbot. I was wondering. I was watching Surviving the Survivor, and everybody seems to be queuing all these things. I'm like, God, that's really handy. I need to do that. Um. Yes, there is some cute Marisol, Marisol merchandise. Yes, she has her own little merch. I'll, I'll, I'll be doing some more, some more merch for sure. Don't worry about that. Uh, stop screen. There we go. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get into this. So the chapter. I mean, I would read it like this, but then I won't be able to read it on the screen, I would say. I thought about printing it out and putting it in the book. I thought that would be really kind of funny, but then I was like, ah, I don't really want to waste any paper. Here comes and goes the judge, question mark. In late 2022, Judge Clifton Newman's brother and his uncle passed away while he was preparing for, quote, the trial of the century. Now, let me point out something. I'm reading this. This is in rough draft. This is a, 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 an unpublished chapter draft of the book Behind the Doors of Justice. If you have not read the book and, and you think at any point in time when I've said it's a literary masterpiece, I was being serious. It is not. Um, it is just not. So as I read this, just understand that because the prologue, <laughs> the preface, I should say, of the book was actually just plagiarized from an article from a BBC reporter that was sent to Becky Hill on accident. So it was like a 12 page, 12 page uh, preface of the book that she claimed that she wrote. And it's real. That's really well written, by the way. So here comes the, here comes and goes the judge question mark. In late 2022, Judge Clifton Newman's brother and his uncle passed away while he was preparing for, quote, the trial of the century. There was already some confusion about whether he'd serve as judge in advance of a third and even deeper tragedy that rocked the judge to his core. South Carolina Chief Justice Donald W. Beatty sent out a rare statement in late 2022 and posted it on their government website. In part, it reads, quote, Contrary to the innuendos and misinformation contained in recent news coverage, Judge Clifton Newman was never removed from or, quote, reassigned to the Murdoch cases. It became clear that the circumstances of all the changes of the charges indicted thus far were intertwined and included some of the same were intertwined and included some of the same evidence. As a result, I concluded that the most efficient use of, the, of personnel and resources would result from assigning the known charges to one judge. Judge Newman's early involvement in the warrant requests put him in the best position to handle the trials. On January 3rd, 2023, just 20 days from the start of the trial with jury selection, Judge Newman's 40-year-old son, Brian, a prominent attorney, assistant solicitor, and city councilman in Columbia, died suddenly. In a cruel twist of irony, he suffered a heart attack. See, a heart, 40 years old, heart attack. That was triggered due to a blood clot in his heart. Again, I don't want to think about this. I get on the treadmill. When Brian was about 25, just Judge Newman suffered a heart attack in the same Colleton County 
courthouse Alec Murdoch would be tried in. I was I was in the courtroom when we wondered why Judge Newman hadn't come out from his judge's chambers to take a seat at his bench. He was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance after the bailiff checked on him. I learned later from a retired South Carolina judge that Judge Newman was so devastated from his son's sudden death, he, he petitioned Chief Justice Beatty to select a different judge for Murdaugh's double murder trial. I wish I was a fly on the wall of that conversation to see the hearts of two great men discussing what was right for Judge Newman, those affected in the Murdaugh trial and those watching around the world. In the end, Chief Justice Beatty denied Judge Newman's request to be recused. He did not want to choose a different judge at that critical point. He wanted Judge Newman, and he knew he could compartmentalize his emotions. As the same retired judge told me, the six-week trial probably helped Judge Newman take his mind off his own tragedy. Interesting. Cynthia Ann, when you say party chat, sorry to interrupt, uh, are you meaning the live um, meet and greets? Because that is a that is a um, a Google Meet link that I send out. And if you go into the actual thing, or if you email Court McNeil, who will prompt you, we will send it to you via email. In fact, if you guys all email moving past murder uh, Gmail, and you are a channel or Patreon member. <clears throat> Uh, we will make sure you get a link. Uh, moving on. <laughs> a great deal happened behind the scenes in preparation for the trial. A great deal happened behind the scenes in preparation for the trial at the time of Brian Newman's death until jury selection. Six days after Brian's death on January 9th, 2023, my colleague Rhonda McLevin from Barnwell, South Carolina, and I attempted attended his funeral at the spacious Brooklyn Baptist Church in Columbia. I watched a frail Judge Newman clinging to his wife, Patricia, as he and his family came down the procession at the beginning. His daughter, Jocelyn, a respected and gregarious circuit court judge, and his other two adult children with STEM careers, S-T-E-M, I have no idea what that is, came behind him with other relatives and occupied the first five pews. The judge is a tall man, but looked very puny, question mark. It was heartbreaking to see how his son's death affected him. For the next two weeks of grieving, he shut off all communication. I was secretly very worried whether the trial would go on, but didn't let on to my staff, vendors, the media, law enforcement, attorneys, or others affected by the start of the trial on January 23rd with jury selection. Also, side note, footnote, she said she didn't let her co-author, Neil Gordon, also know that they might not be able to write their book. No, just kidding. They didn't say that. But I just said that <laughs> for anything court related, I had to reach his law clerk who said she'd try and relay things depending on the day and how he and his wife were doing. So I'm going to stop reading this right now and I'm going to bring up a really, really good point. She says, I was secretly very worried whether the trial would go on, but didn't let off. And she says before that, for the next two weeks of grieving, he shut off all communication. Now, we all know that she wrote this book and there has been lots of shenanigans that have been documented in this whole debacle. She also had a relationship with Donald Beatty in some way, shape or form, the South Carolina attorney general, I believe that's what, what he is. Um, and she, for two weeks, because Donald Beatty was the person that told her, quote, she could write the book, as she has said, for two weeks, she was not having communication with the judge. So is it in this two weeks of this critical period before the jury selection and before all of this started happening that, and the trial began, did she begin to formulate like how she's going to take advantage of the system and how she's going to make herself very integral, integral, integral into this part of the trial and maybe how she can sort of, use all of this to her own advantage because that's two weeks of like no communication with the judge. She said she didn't let anything on to her staff. Was this a period of plotting and scheming for Becky Hill? Something to take away from that. Was this a point of plotting and scheming 
Yes, uh, Court McNeil, we don't have anyone's information. Um, just so you know. Yes, she is right about that. We don't have access to any of that. YouTube does not play around with all that. We don't have access. It's very difficult to deal, but it's good. Security. Everybody's information is safe. It's great. But so there's my point. Was this a way that she was able to sort of plot scheme, get away? Because while the cat is away, the mice will play, as they say. <laughs> was that alliteration? Just rhyming? I don't know. Whatever. Um. So was that personally, was that personally the, uh, was that personally something? Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you couldn't wait. Uh, I'm literally reading it right now. Uh, Billy Hardy, but maybe you just didn't, didn't know that. Um, but anyways, uh, was, was this a particular situation where they, where she took advantage and said, I'm going to be able to take advantage of all of this. And, uh, and, and, and benefit from this sensationalized murder trial. Cause of course she, she knew this was, I mean, they were, they, you know, this whole thing had been going on for years now with the Murdoz, right? Very interesting to think about food for thought for sure. For anything court related. So back to the, back to her chapter for anything court related. I had to reach his law clerk who said she'd try and relay things depending on the day and how he and his wife were doing. She said she'd get back with me and it was when it was convenient for everyone. I didn't hear from the judge until the eve of jury selection on January 22nd, 2023. So that's two weeks. So the trial was supposed to start on the 23rd with jury selection. She didn't hear from him until January 22nd. So it's uh, January 8th is when he had cut off all communications after the, <coughs> excuse me, after the, after the funeral. Was this when she was going to, uh, when she was going when this is when she started scheming things. That's my question. His wife, who he met while they attended law school in Ohio, of course, it always starts in Ohio, came to court every day to be with him, which was not normal because of their son's death. She wanted to be near him. His daughter, used to sitting in the judge's chair in my courtroom, occupied a seat near the front of the gallery many days. I never knew that what he endured over those several weeks of grieving because he never talked about the, tra the tragedy. He is a very private man, which you can totally tell just by based upon his demeanor when he speaks. So you can tell he's a very sensitive, very reserved, you know, private person. He just, just reads all over him. He is a very private man, but we did call each other on, on cell phone in between jury selection and the trial and a bit during the trial. He is a bit of a night owl and would call me in the evening before nine and I might be putting up dishes from supper or getting ready for bed. I'd call him in the morning before court and he'd usually be on his daily walk. We discussed tasks needing completion or security or media situations with all, all with an eye towards fairness and presenting Walterboro to the world in a positive way. It's important to have a close relationship with judges as a clerk of court. I am often their liaison to all court activities going on in the trial. What the judge couldn't focus on since his son's death was an important detail I took upon myself to research and implement with his final approval when he returned. We took aspects of the security detail and planning for the Dylan Roof murder trial, the man convicted of gunning down worshipers in Charleston, South Carolina church. With the Murdaugh's involved in the, and the international media coverage, we had to prepare for the absolute worst and pray for the best. The Colleton County Courthouse could, could not take any chances on anyone in Walterboro getting harmed. When jury, selection, uh, when jury selection day was upon us on January 23rd, I observed a more serious judge than I had worked for as a court reporter years ago. He was no nonsense, and we completed the jury pool process in just two days. When the trial started, he quickly shut down aspects of Murdaugh's defense team. A famous line from the trial was that Judge Newman was not ready for the circus to be in town. <laughs> Judge Newman was not ready for the circus to be in town, but the circus most certainly has arrived <laughs> since, he, since the trial ended, that's for sure. Marisol! There were doggies barking outside. It has upset her. She is not having any of that. 
a famous line from the trial was that judge just to read this again was that judge newman was not ready for the circus to be in town if there was to be a circus a defense attorney <laughs> defense attorney dick harpoolian would be known as the ringleader the quote ringleader the judge quickly denied some of the requests some of his requests and set a tone of how court would be conducted he also chastised co-counsel co jim griffin who in an effort to presumably quote beat his chest retweeted a washington post opinion piece saying griffin's cross-examination had revealed a sloppy investigation from the south carolina law enforcement division otherwise known as sled though some trial followers and griffin's twitter followers liked the tweet judge newman did not judge newman did not like tweets did not like social media what a surprise. The judge just wanted to focus on what the task was at hand and didn't want to get caught up in the salaciousness and the firestorm of social media. Go figure. <laughs> Before the jury was brought in one day of the trial, the judge addressed Griffin and wondered, quote, if this was part of his defense strategy, unquote, and got a laugh from the gallery. Griffin defended his actions by saying, quote, all I did was retweet, quote, a story in the newspaper. Because the jury was instructed not to follow social media or discuss anything outside of court, Judge Newman preferred the trial not be discussed by the attorneys outside of court. Judge Newman also threatened to, quote, relook at the statute to impose new rules and penalties if continued. Mostly, Judge Newman said that, quote, if it didn't pass the field test of code of conduct, of, said it didn't pass the field test of code of conduct of the court. Did Becky Hill's conduct pass the field test? <laughs> That's what I like to know. To emphasize the seriousness of Griffin's actions, Judge Newman referred to an NBA player, Kyrie Irving, who received an eight-game suspension and lost millions of dollars in salary and endorsement deals from brands like Nike. Griffin promised not to retweet or tweet anything else until the trial was over. Okay. Hold on a couple, a couple of things. So I don't know how they could conflate Kyrie Irving's retweeting of a movie of a film, which a lot of people, yes, if you take it way out of context, which was the, out of the side of the context that it was, you can think it was, you know, anti-Semitic and things like that. And I'm, I'm I, I do not stand for anti-Semitism any way, shape or form. Uh, but a lot of people kind of took that and ran with it because they had personal issues with Kyrie Irving, who has his own personal opinions of things like vaccinations and uh, flat earth theories and things like that. But, you know, he, yeah, you can't conflate these two. Sorry. Griffin's tweeting has nothing to do with, no, sorry. Those are two totally different things. And Kyrie Irving kind of got the shaft in my opinion, but that's just me. Um, Griffin promised because, you know, in the NBA, I'm a sports fan. You know, we have uh, um, uh, John Morant who, you know, flashed a gun in public twice on Instagram Live and didn't nearly lose his Nike deal like Kyrie Irving did, which I thought was a bit ridiculous. Um, Griffin promised not to retweet or tweet anything. That was just a total aside. By the way, for those of you football fans, 49ers won last weekend. and. Uh, Let's see if we can stop the Lions roar because it's going to be a tough game this weekend, this Sunday, I'm going to say. But not as tough as the Ravens and Chiefs. Um, my respect for Judge Newman only grew as the trial progressed. His wisdom often reminds me of King Solomon from the Bible. In Kings 3.16-28, through 28, it tells the story of two women who came to the king with two young babies, one alive and one dead. Both claimed that the living child was their own and that the other woman was only pretending to be the mother of the surviving in infant. I know this biblical story. I attended Sunday school once. Solomon, using the wisdom of God, lays a trap for the women. He orders his soldier to cut the living baby in two so that, <clears throat> so that both mothers could have half of e could have half each. The real mother cried out, please, Lord, give her the live child. Do not kill him, which allows Solomon to judge which mother the newborn to which mother the that doesn't say that actually to judge which mother the newborn belongs. Uh, not written the best way. 
Like King Solomon, when Judge Newman spoke, people listened. His yeses were yes, his noes, noes. He did not waste time. He earned respect from all sides. Clerks, attorneys, jurors, witnesses, law enforcement, media, and more. The way he held himself and ruled was very wise, exclamation point. It's not surprising at all just how even-keeled, measured, and real he was at sentencing when speaking to Alec Murdoch to hand out his punishment after the jury convicted him of murdering his wife and son in the summer of 2021. I will say that Judge Newman's, and that's the end of this, uh, that's the end of this missing chapter, by the way. Uh, this lost chapter, the lost chapter, like the lost scrolls of King Solomon, the lost chapter, <laughs> the unpublished chapter. Uh, I will say, in my opinion, uh, those comments that uh, Judge Clifton Newman made at Alec Murdoch's sentencing were very, were very poignant and very direct, which led me to believe like what role Alec Murdoch's drug use has played in his whole life. Uh, so there you have it. Um, I'm going to go to your comments, by the way. Guys, what do you think? What do you think? Like, none of this matters what I think. It's what you guys think. You're the audience. You guys tell me in the comments below, did you find this interesting? What do you think of all this nonsense? Do you think that what I, as I suggested, this is when Becky Hill got up to her, got up to her shenanigans or started thinking like planning and scheming. Ooh, I'm going to do this while he's not here. Uh, I feel Judge Newman really thought about what he was going to say to Alex. I would agree with that. Gen X Granny, I loved the judge's comments. Um, not to be nitpicky, but I would hope anyone being told that was going that was going to be happening to a baby would be like, never mind, I changed my mind. <laughs> oh, Court McNeil. Uh, let's see here. Boy, this clerk of court is truly full of herself, not unlike Murdaugh himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Only in the South, y'all, you bring me some eggs. <laughs> only in the <laughs> Dorothy Stiltner. Only in the South, y'all bring me some eggs. Uh, uh Collier usually passes the details on the community wall here on YouTube and on Patreon for the supporters over there. Yes. So I always send a little post about the live meet and greets that we will have, which will be this Sunday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time. I will post it in the YouTube members section on a community post for members only. You'll have a link to the Google meet. Y'all can come to the Google meet and it's great. It's fun. And we all get to interact like this. And honestly, like I know you guys listen to me talk. I don't really say much because many of you come and contribute your thoughts and feelings. And it's a wonderful time. It's wonderful. This is going to be our first one of the year. And uh, we're going to start doing some other members only things. There are some other channels that do uh, um, that y'all follow, like Lawyer You Know does a, a does a um, a fantasy football league. We will not be doing that because I don't know anything about fantasy football whatsoever. That seems like a lot more work than I am into. But uh, we will find some fun activities. Cat loves cat skills. Hello, everyone. I'm late to the party. Well, you have arrived at the party, and thank you very much for the super sticker. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much. And with the grace, and with you know, my back teeth are hurting. I think I've been clenching. I think I've been clenching. I've been, like I said, I've been going through a lot lately. And I think I've been clenching at night because I've been waking up in the middle of the night. I have not been sleeping well, as if you can't tell. Um, hi from Ohio, butterfly kisses. Oh, yes. Cat, uh, uh, Court McNeil. Court is in session. AV Club. Yes, that will be a thing. That will be happening. Uh, Lynn Cloud says, so if Becky wrote a book before anything was settled, then yes, she def took advantage of the judge, judge's situation. Uh, something like that. Plagiarism doesn't seem to be a big deal anymore. Uh, yeah, you know, who knows? Hello from Worcester, Ohio, says, uh, Rebecca Farney. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, plagiarism is a big deal, by the way, as uh, Karen Fan pulls up. Call your bingo. Every time you say, oy vey, select a number on a bingo card. Oy vey. Do I say oy vey that must? I guess I must. I guess I must. I guess I must, um, I guess I must <laughs> do that quite a bit. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, the AV Club. We will be doing an AV Club. We will watch 
documentaries and all kinds of fun, fun things. Prayer and yes, get out of your own way. Absolutely. Thunder Road Queen. Absolutely. Um, very sad. This poor man and his family trying to hold his composure. Yeah, Lynn Clow. Absolutely. And um, what did you guys think he did? Did you guys think he did a great job on the show? I think he did a fantastic job on the, on the thing. Do you know uh, the lawyer you know is from Tarpon Springs, Floyer? He's my ex. He was my ex's lawyer. LOL. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, he's currently in Los Angeles, uh, I believe. Um, so there you go. So if anybody says, hey, I want to hook you up with Collier, come meet him out and come out in Santa Monica. That'd be great. I want to try to have him on the show, but we'll see. Baby steps. Um, I'm going to start counting. I appreciate that. Wisconsin, hello. Bought the book and it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, look, I read it for you guys. I tried to tell you, um, you know, hey, maybe she made some money. I don't know. I think it's all going to be spent on legal fees, which is just like a major drag. What a just, what nonsense. What nonsense. Um, did I miss it? Did you miss what? Oh, what's the word of the day? That's a great one. Does everyone play Wordle? I've not been keeping up on my Wordle. It's one thing I do with my um, my adoptive mother, Susan. We play Wordle every day and I send her the scores and I've been really bad at it the last week. I've been, like I said, I've been going through a lot of personal stuff and so it's just kind of fallen by the wayside. And I was on such a good streak too because when you know, I think my top streak is like 22 on Wordle, like 22 days in a row, guessing Wordle, right? Word of the day. Um, well, I think I used the word solipsistic earlier. <laughs> Solipsistic means uh, self-absorbed, self-centered, wrapped up in oneself. Um, I would use that to describe Becky Hill's wanton uh, quest for fame was very solipsistic, self-centered. Um, S-O-L. Yeah, I got to start. I got to really get on that word of the day game. Uh, you know, I'm a little, I'll be back in fine form come Sunday. But. We're going to have all kinds of all kinds of things lined up for the next uh, whatever. And we're going to be doing a lot more lives, too, and a lot more content. It's going to be great. Perfect. Court McNeil, I'll start thinking about it. Yes. Nice word. Thank you so much, Airdrie. I appreciate that. Hello from Louisiana. Sick of this rain. Time to get out the pierogies. Are pierogies a thing in... Is, is that what this is? Pierogies? Is that what you're saying? Pierogies as in like the little dumpling ravioli things that are very popular in Polish cuisine. Pierogies are, you know, we, they have them, we have them in Ohio. A lot of people in Ohio. Uh, Orville recently had a famous true crime author in Orville, Ohio. I missed it. He wrote Abandoned Prayers. Orville, Ohio, home to the Warther carving people, correct? that make the little pliers out of the single cuts out of a single piece of wood. They make the little pliers. That's the Werther's and they're from or Orville, Ohio. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca Farney. Correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rebecca, but I think that in Orville, Ohio are the Werther's and they make the little wooden. I mean, I, I probably, I'm sure I have some somewhere. Yeah, I do have some. I'll have to get them out. I think I know where they're at. Right, LOL. Yes, I was right. The Warthers. Yeah, they're these really cool. So it's like the single, like the guy who was a carver and he, and they sell them and you can, and they're out of like a block of balsa wood and he cuts and they're these little folding pliers. They're like really cool. I'll, I'll find them. I'll find them. Piro. Oh, Piro. Okay. That, okay. I was like, pierogies? <laughs> I was like, that's not how you spell pierogies, but maybe. Little dumplings, Piro. It's 79 here. Three days ago, it was in the 40s. Florida is fun. Yeah, we, we've had cold weather too. Um, it's now in the 60, 61. We have a low of 52. Our weather is starting to even out now because it was getting down to like the high 30s. And I know that's something I kvetch a lot about the weather. I've been very acclimated to Southern California, even though I'm from Ohio, very acclimated to Southern California. Pronounced Piro, small boats. We have flood warnings. Oh, time to break. Get out the Piro. Okay, got it. Now I get it. Now I get it. All right. The Piro. Small boats. We have flood warnings. That's great. Oh, narcissistic. Uh, I know someone like that. <laughs> Solipsistic, but yes. Uh, I am sending happy vibes your way. Uh, and hope all your frustrating obstacles end now. Well, thank you so much, Cynthia. And it's, you know, life is, life is, life is interesting and life is beautiful. I should watch that movie again. 
Um, I love what you were talking about when you talk when you're talking about those. I eat those yum. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. If you if you ever had pierogies, they're like they're like little they're like little potato dumplings stuffed with potato cheese goodness. Uh, they're interesting and they're very popular in Polish Polish cuisine. Uh, Court McNeil, you sent me a word. All right. Word of the day per Court McNeil. Demonym. Demonym. A demonym is a word, a word that is a name for someone who comes from a particular place. And yes, pierogies, and that's how they are spelled. Thank you so much. Are awesome with sour cream. Yes. And for those of you that, and, and uh, Tina, you guys live up in Canada. So you also have, uh, you also have um, uh, poutine as well, which there are plenty of poutine places in in LA, poutine is very popular here. But yes, denimin. Uh, so, <laughs> demonym is the word of the day, meaning meaning a word that is a name for someone who comes from a particular place. So, South Carolinians, maybe right? Would that be it? Use in a sentence. He struggled for the correct demonym for demonym for the people of Manchester. So I struggled for the right demonym for the people of South Carolina, particularly Walterboro. Are they Walter Burin, Burians? <laughs> demonym is your word of the day. It's your word of the day. Oh my goodness. Uh, Karen Kowalski, welcome to the party. Uh, Kozlowski. I always say Kowalski. I know. I read it so fast. Karen Kozlowski. Welcome to the party. Late to the party. Becky's book will never be purchased by me because I've heard so many experts on YouTube, excerpts on YouTube, and it's like a personal boring diary. Yes, it is. It's very much like a personal boring diary. It's kind of what it reads like. But, you know, hey, Demonym, never heard of it. Yes, Karen Kozlowski, Demonym. Poles need. Poles need. Similar to denizens. Yes, denizens. I actually wrote a pilot for a television show called The Denizen. It's about a guy comes from a small town, Ohio, who moves to Los Angeles to escape the fact that he is known for the murder of his mother by his father. And he has to come back home to deal with his father's uh, release from prison and mayhem ensues. It's very Ray Donovan meets, uh, I don't know, kind of like my own personal life story. It's a very interesting thing. It's called The Denizen. Maybe I should work on that again. It was a pretty good concept. I have all the, sh I have like a whole shot list and everything. For those of you who don't know, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a cinematographer. Like that's what I've done for until I started doing YouTube like a year and play in the podcast, like a little over a year ago. And uh, now almost two years, I guess. Uh, that's what my background is. That's why all this, that's why this all looks so good because I know how to do all this stuff. <laughs> and that's like, that's a movie light right over my shoulder right there. If you don't know, that is called a Mole Richardson redhead. That is a 1K Fresnel with an LED light bulb that I can change colors in. Anyways, I digress. Uh, yeah, I wrote a script. It's called The Denizen and a pilot. Yeah, I should get that out. Dust that off. Was writing it before, uh, like in the pan, like right before the pandemic started. And then, of course, the pandemic ruins everything. So uh, BK directed his crime surveys towards toward a demonin. BK... Uh, Maybe I when you said BK, I was thinking I was back in my film mode. I think you were talking about Barbara Koppel, the director of my film, Murder in Mansfield. Yes, Jennifer Lewis Harris. Holy crap, what a great idea! Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, are we referring to BK as in Brian Koberger? Uh, by the way, if you guys tuned in on uh, the Scott Peterson thing. Uh, that is, that has gained a lot of comments. A lot of people were very interested in what my thoughts were on that, which I really don't have any thoughts. I'm kind of diving down the rabbit hole. Court McNeil, associate producer, assistant to me. <laughs> feel, feel bad for her. Um, uh, she has whipped up a bunch of research. So I'm going to be making some more videos on that because, um, I need to be brought up to speed because I was. I was a new Californian at that point when that was going on. And I thought, okay, I need to be brought up to speed on this. Um, Collier um, 
none of my business, but are you opposed to DJT? If not, I have a cool tea for you. Oh, are you referring to Donald Trump? Oh boy. See, we stay away from politics. Uh, I have never liked Donald Trump. Um, but that like that goes back from like when he was on The Apprentice and all that stuff. My mother read Art of the Deal when I was a child and told me this man's a con man um, and a mouthpiece. Um, but I do, uh, I, I don't really want to give my opinion on politics, but I will say that, um, you know, he is very effective. Donald Trump is very effective at what he does <laughs> and whatever that is. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, I don't, um, I don't, it's just to say, it's not that I don't, like him like i just i just never had any interest in getting to know him i had so many friends that worked on the apprentice i just said no i had no interest if i met the man i say nice to meet you and etc you know i don't feel one way or another i think every bit of every politician is all sucks but um I do judge a president on like whether i was better before and after so i don't know you know it remains to be seen but my parents are fans and uh, a lot of my friends in Ohio are fans. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of middle of the road. So I'm a very moderate person. I stick to the middle of the road. <laughs> I do think Nikki Haley will probably be his vice president, which will be interesting. It's like I was talking about earlier. Nikki Haley texts me, text messages me. <laughs> Hi, Collier. It's Nikki. It's very funny. Anyways. Yeah. I think he's going to run away with the nomination too. And I think a lot of people should be prepared that he will probably be our next president again. So um, I said that before he got elected the first time and nobody believed me. So, hey, there you go. Uh, take that for what it is. I want to say thank you to all my uh, channel members, channel supporters, all my subscribers. I want to say thank you to all my Patreon patrons. Without you guys, without you guys buying your super stickers, contributing every month, all this, this none of this would be possible without you guys watching, listening, sharing, everything. Uh, you know, I... Um, I, uh, you know, I appreciate all of you. Um, and you guys make this all just so much fun. And yes, I say I should not dip my toe in politics. I just, I, I could talk about politics forever. I could talk. I, I love, I love politics and politics. <laughs> I have very strong opinions, but I have very strong opinions about all of the politicians, by the way. It is not just, I don't subscribe to one. I do. What I don't, what I will say is I don't like the polarization that has happened. And you cannot pin that on one figure. And you can pin that on everyone because it's been going on for way too long. Uh, so that I will say about politics. People that blame one particular political person or party or the other for the other, like the concept of the other has to go out the window. We all have to work together. Everyone has to be kind to one another. We all need to take responsibility and accountability for ourselves and um, stop blaming the other people. Because it's just if you just keep pointing the finger, as they say, as they say in the program, finger you point, you got th three more pointing right back at you or four more, I guess, if the thumb counts, you know, um, it's one of those things, you know, we all got to le learn to work together no matter who is in office and we got to, you know, cause it's not, it's not good for the country. Anyways, I'll digress on that, but, uh, I do love politics a lot. Uh, this major bummer, the circus has left It's the last episode on showtime. The circus is done, which is a massive bummer for me as well. <laughs> Back to what I was saying. Um, I want to say thank you all so much to all my channel members, all my channel subscribers. Everybody that's liked, please like, share. It all helps with the algorithm. Please watch. Uh, I appreciate it. Please click the link for my sponsor, Babbel. Check them out if you are interested in learning a new language. It is the way to go. You save 55% off using code Collier, uh, babbel.com forward slash Collier, I believe. I hope, I hope that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, babble.com forward slash call your see I didn't check my notes um yeah check it out check out our sponsor please and um please hit the like subscribe if you like to it helps with the algorithm please check out my other videos more murder videos more true crime videos and uh of course my own personal true crime story if you're interested they're all there right on the channel I thank you all so much mover nation we get through another one and uh I will be prepared with more words and more things to talk about and uh all that fun so stuff on that note, I'm Collier Landry. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, 
please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from, and please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry. I guess I should...